welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. This January, we began a series called Vision Series, where we talked about things relating to purpose and running with a clear vision. We defined purpose in the first teaching, and then we talked about running with a clear vision last Sunday. Today, on the division series, we're going to talk about missions and evangelism. Mission and evangelism. So I put, I titled this um, sermon "Called Out" because. The assignment that you and I have as children of God is the one that requires us to step out of anything and everything that we're doing and that we're about. When Jesus would meet the disciples who became the twelve, they were about something and then he called them out of what they were doing into something else. So when we talk about missions and evangelism, we need to realize that every one of us is called to that ministry. There are those who have the gift of an evangelist. But the work of an evangelist is the calling of every child of God. Paul said to Timothy, he said, do the work of an evangelist. So it's the calling of every child of God. What does it mean to evangelize? What does it mean to be one carrying the mission of God? One of the first things you need to understand is you need to understand the mission. There are three areas I'm going to touch about. Understanding the mission, interpreting the mission, and then fulfilling the mission. Evangelism is inside the mission. So if you understand the mission automatically you will evangelize. So while I'm not going to dwell a lot on how to evangelize, I'm going to dwell on the mission. Because when you understand the mission, evangelism flows naturally. You will not need anyone to teach you. When the two lepers... Um, I think it's in First Kings or so. So the prophet prophesied that by this time tomorrow, that this and this will happen. Say so by this time tomorrow, one Range Rover 2023 model will be sold for ten thousand naira. See, prophet, if you happen make I bend, that was what someone said. By this time tomorrow, Range Rover 2023 model will be sold for 10,000 naira. So even if God come from heaven, it will not happen. But two lepers witnessed it and they said to themselves, this is a day of good news. That's what they said. 
said, if we keep it to ourselves, it is not good. So there is no way good news will happen to you that you'll be quiet. Except it's not good news. There is no way a transformation will happen to you that will, you will keep quiet. Except it's not a transformation. The woman at the well of Samaria, before the time she met Jesus, she didn't want to go to the well. Because at the time she went to the well was not the time when the women would normally go to the well. Because she had stigma on her that made her not to go at that time. So she had waited because then they go in groups, women and all that. So she had waited for everyone to have left the well before she would go because they would stigmatize her and on all that. You, you're not living with the husband you, you're married to. You had this and that husband and all that. So she wanted to avoid all that. So she went to the well at the time when no one was there. And then Jesus met her at that well. And by the time Jesus was done, the Bible said she went back to the village and told all the men. Isn't it interesting that she didn't tell the women? Say, come and see someone who had told me everything and bought the whole village because when the men follow others will follow the whole village followed her to see Jesus at that time she forgot about herself she forgot what was disturbing her because she had encountered something when you encounter Jesus and encounter his purpose and his mission you will lose sight of self that it will allow you to minister to people before you know you've ministered to them. It will empower you to evangelize before you know you've evangelized. You would have evangelized before somebody tells you that, oh, that was evangelism you did. You say, hey, I did not know. I was just talking about Jesus. So the mission... Is important. So understand the mission. And to understand the mission, you need to understand God's perspective. God has a perspective. He has an overall agenda. A universal mission that he's about. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord, and the fullness there of the world, and those that dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the rivers. So, if he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers, that means there is a reason. Tell your neighbor, he get why. Uh-huh. There is a reason. There is a reason. He wasn't bored. He wasn't bored. He, has, he was not tired of watching Netflix and all the series. And then he decided, what should I do now? Let me create heaven and earth. No. There is a reason. So the heavens is the Lord. The earth is the Lord and the, and the and fullness thereof. The world and all who dwell therein. He has founded it upon the seas. And established it upon the waters. For a reason. So the first thing is, God's perspective needs to be clear to you. You need to know that you are here for a reason and not for yourself. You need to know that his overall reason is bigger than your own reason. You need to know that you are not here by mystic. You need to know that it is not by chance that you came to be. That there is a goal in the mind of God. There is where he is going. We'll come to that. There is where he is going. That's why you are here. So you are here because of God's idea. You are here because of God's mission. What he wants to accomplish. He wants to accomplish something in you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So this then makes us ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to the world. So he's saying there that the reason we will tell people be reconciled to the world is because we've received for ourselves that ministry of reconciliation. So God's mission was about reconciling the world to Christ. So he went about doing all that, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Telling the whole world that through Christ Jesus, you have been reconciled. And then now Christ has committed to you and I that ministry to tell the world that the, your trespasses are no longer counted. Be reconciled to God. So that's our ministry. But we won't understand it unless we understand the perspective of God. Unless we understand the reason behind why God is doing what he's doing. Unless we understand the mind of God. And then when we come into that encounter, it empowers us to tell other people, be reconciled to God. So God has an overall agenda, a universal mission that he's about. So everyone you tell to be reconciled is not for your selfish ambition. It's for God's overall agenda. It's for God's purpose. It's not for you to count the, 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 the scores. Oh, I've saved 10 people. I've saved 30 people. I've saved 40 people. It's good to keep records. But then, it's not for your bragging rights. It's for the agenda of God. The purpose of God. The mission of God. What he's about what he's about so he says everyone who has come into christ jesus must understand god's perspective must understand the mind of god as they go about to reconcile the world to god not to themselves not to their church no i told you that there's a difference between evangelism and publicity when you go to evangelize you win souls for God. When you go to publicize about your church event, you invite people to church. Inviting people to church is not evangelism. That's not evangelism. Most of the times when people say we're going out for evangelism, you're going to tell people to come for your church program or your church service. No. You can witness to people and have, they have nothing to do with your church. You get them saved and you leave them there. The highest you can do is say, okay, where do you stay? Okay, if you don't mind, my church is open. You can come from, from my church services. But if you don't mind, please look for a Bible-believing church close to you and serve God, worship God, and have a great time. That's evangelism. It's different when you go out to tell people, oh, I would like to invite you to my church. If you don't have a church you're attending, the church is open, we're loving people, we're this, we're that. We'd like to have you great no with young people great hey 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 we dance and shout and scream and jump hey all sorts invite them for your church service which is fine so you don't count that as evangelism you evangelize when you've had an encounter because you cannot give what you don't have you can't tell people of a jesus that you've not encountered you can't tell them of a miracle you've not experienced so the woman was able to tell them of a Jesus she has encountered. Not one that she had not encountered. Before then, she, she was not bold enough to say anything or do anything. But she encountered Jesus and it empowered her to talk to people that would stigmatize her. Because it was beyond herself. It was now a greater mission, a greater purpose, something beyond her so she could speak. It was no longer her own agenda. It was not her ideology, no. It was the ideology of Christ. She was not projecting herself. She was projecting Christ. And anytime you project Christ, he, he stands out. He's in a class of his own. You project him to the world, people see him. 
But when you try to bring people to yourself or to your church, that's when they don't see Jesus. But when they see Jesus, they can decide to follow you to your church. And they even become more committed than you. The person who invited me to King's Word is no longer in King's Word. But they invited me. Okay, yes. She left and then she came back. Yeah. She left for a while. Then after some years, she came back. She came back. Yeah, I remember now. She came back herself and her family and everything. So understand that God has an agenda. And his agenda is what he's pursuing. You are only being used of God. Somebody say amen. So number one, I said, understand the mission and the mission must come from God's perspective. Number two, interpret the mission. Interpret the mission. How do you interpret the mission? One key way I found out that the the mission is interpreted is through your ministry's interpretation. So God has different expressions of himself in different people in deeper life it is Jesus only is our message Jesus only is our message in Christ's embassy is giving your life a meaning I've attended a number of churches I've attended deeper life I got saved in deeper life attended Christ's embassy at one point before deeper life I was attending Celestia Church <laughs> it was interesting the only thing I remember about Celestia Church is harvest harvest that harvest ah, we eat and eat and eat and eat they call it a soap. When you bring a soap. You know what a soap is? Fruits. Fruits. You bring fruits. And then, and then they'll do this corn with um, beans or sugar or honey or something like that. Ah, that used to draw children. Some of you don't know this. Yes? Then at some point, I was a Catholic. You too, you too, you too, you too. You are, you are saying, Pastor, you too. At some point, I was a Catholic. That's one. I was a bad boy Catholic. They would send us to catechism. We're going to be plucking fruit. Or we'll go and take communion several times. Some of you did it. Those you can be like. So I found out that God gives interpretation of his mission to different ministries to interpret it in certain ways. And that interpretation is key. Because no ministry runs its own interpretation. No, you can't run your ministry outside God. You can't be fulfilling something else that God is not about. No. But you can interpret it differently. But it's still about saving souls. You can say it's giving your life a meaning. It is still about saving souls. You can say Jesus only is our message, but it is still about saving. It's still about God's perspective. But interpreted in another way. So for us in King's Word, raising a supernatural army. But it is the mind of God, the mission of God to save souls. To save souls. So as much as God is the custodian of this mission, he cannot accomplish it but through a medium. He has to use a medium. Ephesians 4 and 11. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers 
to equip the saints for the work of ministry by building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Can you see that? Everything is measuring up to Christ. The pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle. Everything they do is to measure up to the fullness of Christ. Not to their own ideology, to the ideology of Christ. Not to what they want, no. I was in a meeting um, last week, yes. So a lady was giving a testimony. Reverend Victor Deyemi was ministering in the meeting and the lady was giving a testimony and she said, oh, yesterday you said something and then something happened to me and then I mentioned, um, uh, the, the, I mentioned your name. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she, I think she called Reverend Victor Deyemi's name in, the, in what she was going through, what she was going through and then God delivered and God saved her and he said to her, I said, look, next time please don't call my name. Call the name of Jesus. Sometimes God allows us because of the immaturity of our faith for those things to happen. But there is no other name that is greater than the name of Jesus. So when you see people testify, oh, I call the God of this, the God of that, and then something happened. It's the immaturity of your faith. That's what the scripture is saying. It said, till we all come to the maturity. So there is a maturity in Christ that the ministry gift is meant to bring us to. So while we are still immature, we are walking towards the maturity of, to the fullness of Christ. So Christ now becomes the focus. So why God may allow you to be mentioning, you say, come, ah, the God of Dr. K, the God of Dr. K, and then after a while, angel will tap you, say, it's enough, it's enough. You need to mature. Because the goal is not any man's ideology. The goal is Christ. Look at it again. It said in verse 13, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. So when you've come to that knowledge of the Son of God, that's when you're maturing. That's when you're maturing. So that's where God wants to get you to. He said, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then look at what he now said. So that we may no longer be children. So anyone who is not measuring up to the stature of the fullness of Christ is still a child. Is still a child. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning, by craftiness, craftiness in deceitful schemes. And that's what is happening. A lot of deceit, a lot of craftiness. So in the name of evangelism, we've coined it and it's all about church enlargement. No, there's a difference. I've taught us here that when we want to publicize, go and publicize. And invite people to church. It's a good thing. But when you want to evangelize, go and win souls. Talk to people about Jesus. Get them saved. Get them saved. Because it's all about measuring up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. And every child of God, every believer has it in him or her to do so. The opportunities are there. We'll see that as we go on. The opportunities are there everywhere you are. The opportunities are there. So rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ everything surrounds Jesus so God begins to interpret his mission through various ministries for us this year as a ministry is the year of dominance Dominance as a ministry in Kingswood Ministries International is not, should not be an idea that is 
outside the global mission of God. So when you dominate and you scream, I dominate. I dominate so that the mission of God can be fulfilled. That's why you're dominating. Not because for us to just scream and have something on the air to scream about. No. It's because in the mind of God this year, for people under this anointing, for people under this grace, I want to express that my mission for you to dominate and then souls are added to the church. Souls are saved. People are drawn to Christ. So the reason you are going to dominate that reason will lead people to Christ. That's the overall objective of God. You are not dominating so that you will pepper them. No. That's not the reason for your domination. You are not dominating so that you will tell them that you have arrived. No. It's still God's perspective. His number one idea to reconcile the world to Christ. So that through you, others will come to know him. So like the woman of the well of Samaria, what has happened to you should be an experience that you will take out and people will know that this thing has happened to you because of Christ and that becomes the medium by which you, you, you evangelize. That becomes the medium in which people are drawn to Christ. If everything that you're about is not done in such a way that the world is, is questioning or, or, or curious about your source, then there is a problem. What you are about should challenge their curiosity. That they want to know. What did they say about, about the disciples? They said these people are Christ-like. He said they are behaving like Christ. That's why they call them Christians. The word Christians is from the word Christ-like. They are behaving like Christ. So all your expressions has to be like Christ. You need to behave like Christ for them to see Christ in you. So all your expressions, all your behavior has to carry Christ till we measure to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So at that point, the world begins to question your source. They, they are curious to know who you are, how you do what you do, why you do it, why you have the kind of results that you have. Why are all of us sick in this office and you, nothing is happening to you? They want to know. Why is it that every time they put everybody, they are going to sack everybody and they put your name there. After 24 hours, they remove them. What are you, remove your name. What are you doing that we're not doing? They want to know. They are curious about your source. They are curious about your experience. Because they know it's not an ordinary experience. Because there's something you carry. So that expression draws them to Christ. It brings them closer to him. Why is it that every time you're looking for a job, you say, to, yesterday I saw you say you don't have a job. I saw the next week I saw you not have a job. Why is it you all the time? Say, yesterday you just told me you do not have money. But today I saw your picture. You are in Banana Island. What's going on? Is it you all the They are curious to know your source. So all those questions they ask you is because they are trying to look for Jesus. They are trying to identify the hand of Jesus in your life. That's why they are asking you questions to measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when that is missing, that's when you hear people say things like, God, let them not ask me where is my God. They will ask you. They will ask you. Because they need to find God in you. They cannot see God anywhere else. They have to see it in you. And if you don't express that God, if you don't show for that God, they will go elsewhere looking for it. But they have to see it in you. That's why you are there. You are God's representative. They have to see it in you. You carry it everywhere you go. And it's unique. That's the only way to interpret the mission. It's unique. It cannot be the same for everyone. When Jesus would talk to them at times, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like coin. The kingdom of heaven is like bread. It's like this. He's showing them things that they can understand and they can relate to it. 
So you may not be able to preach or teach like another person, but you have a unique gift and calling that is on you, that is different from every other person, that will challenge the curiosity of the people around you to know your source. That is the God in you trying to find expression. So God needs you to interpret the mission. In a place like this, raising a supernatural army, we're interpreting the mission of God by raising a supernatural army. We're teaching and discipling people Preparing people for the work of the ministry. So that a supernatural army can be raised. And in raising that army, they are fulfilling an assignment. They are fulfilling the mandate of God. One God. And then number three, fulfilling the mission. So I said, number one, you need to understand the mission And to understand it, you need to understand God's perspective. And number two, you need to interpret the mission. To do that, you need to understand your ministry's perspective. Because God will send you teachers and prophets that will teach you, prepare you for the work of the ministry. So all those people that are telling you that, hey, me, I don't have any church, I don't have any pastor, I just worship my God my way. Please, don't follow them. Don't follow, run as far as you can. Nobody worships his God his own way or our own way. No. Then why did he go on high and then he sent apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists? He said to equip them for the work of the ministry. So how are you being equipped for the work of the ministry if there's no pastor over you? There's no teacher over you. There's no evangelist talking to you. There's no apostle talking to you. How are you being equipped for the work of the ministry? So number three, you fulfill the mission. Understanding the mission, interpreting the mission, and then fulfilling the mission. So he says in in verse 12 of Ephesians 4, it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ. So it means that after he has sent them prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, shepherds and all that. He said now the saints now need to have their perspective of how that assignment must be fulfilled. So no matter how big an assignment is, two things must happen. For that assignment to be fulfilled, for that mission to be fulfilled, two things must happen no matter how big it is. Number one, it has to be broken down to how you can understand it and how you can relate. It has to be broken down. It has to be broken down. Then number two, you have to get up and go. You have to get up and go. You have to get up and go. No matter how big the mission is, it has to be interpreted in a way that you will understand it. God will be unjust to give you an assignment that you cannot interpret, you cannot understand. People say, "Ah, me, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to evangelize. I don't know how to do this. I've told you the first thing. The first thing is that you need to touch electricity. That's the first thing. Because you cannot touch electricity and remain the same. You will feel something. (laughs) It's because you've not encountered him. When you encounter, you will feel something. You will feel something. And then whatever God has said to you, now it will be broken down in a way. In breaking it down, you break it down in the place of prayer. You break it down in the place of teaching. You break it down in the place when you come to serve. 
That's where you begin to break down the mission. You begin to break it down. That one you can understand it. You can relate. You may not be able to go out on your own. But you can go out in twos. You may not be able to stand on your own. But you can tell Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul please after service today. Please can I just follow you. I want to witness to someone to see how it's done. And then from there you learn. The first day I ever preached in the bus. I sweated like something else. I used to think, because when I, when I, when I, I see people preaching the bus, then in Lagos, I, I see people preaching the bus, and I somehow did not like the way they were preaching, because it just didn't go well with me. So for a long time, I couldn't preach, because I felt that that was how I'm supposed to preach. So because I, I couldn't do what they were doing, I felt that I couldn't do it. Until God began to talk to me, and said, is he not telling people about Jesus? Then why don't you do so? So because each time I open my mouth to preach in the bus, all I just begin to see is that I just begin to see the problems of the people. Word of knowledge begins to come. I say, how can I be giving word of knowledge inside bus? Let me just preach. So I struggled. I couldn't. Until one day I just got angry. Because the pressure was on me so much. I just got angry. I just entered the bus. I said, good evening everyone. Good morning or whatever time it is. I just greeted them. I said, "Uh, I'd like to share God's word with you in this bus today if you don't mind I said God is a loving father he loves you and by the way there's someone here with this. I just began to give word of mine I did not just care there's someone here this is this that is that that is that I just saw someone come back he, 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 he. I said if you don't mind I'd just like to pray for you and I pray for them and next few minutes I said if you'd like to give your life to Christ Jesus just simple and short and then I'm done I was 13 years old yes 13 I got saved when I was 12 13 years old. There was a time I would just enter the bus going nowhere just because I wanted to preach. I had encountered something. Something was pursuing me. Even me, I don't know what I was doing. Something was chasing me. There was something on me that I needed to release out. Because I had encountered something. So that thing on me, I needed to interpret it in a way that I would understand. I remember one day, I was walking down the road and then I saw two ladies. I don't know what just came on me that day. I just felt compassion for them that they were going to hell and I began to cry. I was weeping and weeping. I said, God, save their soul. Save their soul. I didn't ask them whether they were born again or not. To me, I felt that that was overzealousness. Save their soul. I won't spend 10 minutes with you. And I would have asked you, do you know the Lord Jesus? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Can I pray with you? Because I'd encountered something. I was not telling them to come to my church. I was just excited that I would preach to them. I was just excited that I would tell them about Jesus. And sometimes when I even go to see certain people, I just look at them and say, okay. The easiest thing to do for someone is say, can I pray with you? Is there something you're trusting God for? I always ask them that. Because, you know, you can go to someone and say, I want to talk to you about you. And say, oh, oh, your side. But when you go to someone and say, God answers prayers. Is there something you're trusting God for? And I'll just, everybody has something. Everybody, they have something. You say, please pray. Pray, all prayer and a prayer. Just pray. They just want their problem to be solved. And God honors that. And then you pray with them genuinely from your heart. When they were looking for Jesus, say, all men are looking for you. You think all of them are looking for him because of miracle? Say, is it not because of he gave them food? But they were still looking for him. And he's seeing the crowd. He had compassion on them. Compassion. And then he would minister healing to them and miracles. Though it was the word he wanted to give to them. He wanted to minister the word to them. But then, the compassion of what they were going through was there. He couldn't deny it. 
But at the end of the day, they will still come to him. So God had different mediums through which you can interpret the anointing on you and minister to people and be a faithful evangelist doing the work of an evangelist. So it has to be broken down to how you can understand it and how you can relate. And then you have to get up and go. You have to. It's a business of saving souls. It's a business of touching lives. It's a business of, you know, um, reaching out to people. That's the business of God. So you have to get up and go. You meet people at your workplace. You meet people um, um, all around you. Wherever you're going, you meet people. And then God gives you opportunities to talk to them. Opportunities. Matthew chapter 16. From verse 21. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter, listen to this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. He didn't understand the assignment. He didn't understand it. Jesus had not broken it down for him in a way that he will understand. He said, but he turned aside and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but the things of men. It has to be God's agenda. So Jesus was trying to fulfill God's agenda. Peter was trying to fulfill man's agenda. Because he had not he had not understood it. He had not understood the mission. When he understood the mission, see what happened. Said then Simon Peter having a sword drew it in John chapter 18 verse 10 and struck the high priest servant and cut off his ear. So Jesus said to Peter, "Put your sword into his shade." Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Tell someone, get up and go. Luke chapter 10 as I close. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And send them on ahead of him. Two by two. Into every town and place. Where he himself was about to go. And he said to them. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. To send out laborers into his harvest. When I read this. The interesting thing that stood out for me here. Is that he sent them. To the place where he's about to go. And then the Lord said to me that everywhere I've placed my people, I send them there because I'm coming there. So in your workplace, God has sent you because he's coming there. The businesses you are doing, God has sent you because he's coming there. So he sent you ahead because he's coming there. He's coming there. So he wants you to hold forth there. Everything that you got, everything that you are about, every increase, every breakthrough that has come to you, came to you because God is coming there. So he sent you ahead because he's coming there. He's coming there. So you have to represent him where you are. Where you are. Where you are. The assignment I'm giving us this week, even from today, as you step out from this place, find someone and talk about Jesus. On your way home, talk about Jesus. He's sending you ahead because he's going there. Ahead in your workplace, ahead in your family, ahead in everything that you're about because he's going there. He's coming there. And he wants to get there and meet you talking to people about him. As a couple, you're going home. Stop by 
Find someone to talk to about Jesus. Easiest thing, pray for them. Oh, we're just coming from church. It was a wonderful day. Did you, did you attend service today? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I did. Oh, okay, that's great. We'd like to just pray with you if it's okay. So no problem. And then trust God to speak to you. Trust him to speak to you. That's how I develop the word of knowledge. I just pray for people and I trust him to speak to them because I was concerned about what's going on in their life and how they need help. So each time I just call someone, okay, let me pray for you. And then I just hold their hands and I, I just hear a voice or sense something the Spirit is saying to me about this person. And I say, okay, um, I just sense that I should pray about your sister who is in the hospital. And I say, yes, yeah, so my sister is in the hospital. Did I know? I did not know. But before that time, I didn't know anything. But the moment I engage Jesus, putting him in the equation, his idea for that person comes into play. His goal, his plan for the person comes into play. So the gift is not for my bragging. The gift is for the mission. So when you embrace the mission, the gifts flow because it's all about the mission. Stand to your feet. As you leave this place today, I want your heart to be stirred. I want you to come into a better understanding of why you're here. I want you to embrace the assignment of God. Embrace the mission of God. Embrace the purpose of God. And know that everywhere God has sent you is because himself is about to go there. And you are there representing him. Telling people about Jesus. Reconciling the world to him. The reason people come for church and the church is packed full. It's not so we can count numbers. It's so that the message, this message, can go out. And then the people hear it. And then they do the work of the ministry. Reconciling people to God. Lift your hands to heaven. And say, Father, strengthen me this season. Help me to be a faithful and effective witness for you. Come on, go ahead. In 60 seconds, just pray about it. Say, Father, help me to be a faithful and effective witness. Come and go ahead and talk to your Father. Help me to be a faithful and effective witness for you. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, everywhere I go the anointing that comes on you the grace of God that rests on you he said he sent them two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go so God has sent you in this city he has sent you in your workplace he has sent you in your family because he's about to visit that home he's about to visit that workplace he's about to visit that establishment that community through you through you through you said so Lord help me Help me. Help me to recognize what I carry so that I can speak to a world, a dying world through you. A dying world through you. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Let me come to that consciousness, that realization for someone who is saying, Lord, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I want that experience. Go ahead and pray. Say, Father, give me that experience. That experience that will make me on my own. Let that fire in me burn. That will make me on my own. Just begin to witness to people. To tell them about Jesus. To tell them about Jesus. And if your fire has been, has been dwindled down. Go ahead and say Lord. Rekindle that fire in me. Rekindle that flame in me. Rekindle that flame in me. So that I can tell the world about you can tell the world about you I can tell the world about you one of the ways I've learned 
that helps me to communicate the goodness of God is when I remember what God has done for me. The Bible says that there came a king that did not know Joseph. And then the Lord said to me, do you know why there came a king that didn't know Joseph? I said, no Lord. He said, because they stopped telling the story about Joseph. He said, what Joseph did should be told for all eternity. He said, but a people stopped telling the story about Joseph because how will a king come that did not know Joseph? Say, ah, a generation is rising that they don't know God anymore. It's because a generation failed to tell the story of God. Say, in my office, people don't even talk about God. It's because you that God has sent ahead is failing to talk about God. failing to talk about God how will a generation come that did not know Joseph because a generation existed a people that failed to talk about Joseph if God has done great things for you say he has done great things for you my sister how did you do it oh ah, it's one of those my skills excuse me was praying one night and then the Lord showed me in a vision what I should do oh God speaks to you in visions oh yes he even told me this and told me that in fact right now he's telling me that you have this pain in your chest that's how it happens you're not afraid to talk about your Jesus because you've encountered him you know he's real you know he's real I've met people just by talking to them asking them something unrelated and then the word of knowledge just comes to me I don't care what I'm doing at that moment I tell you straight away the Lord said I should tell you this and tell you that and tell you that and they ask you are you a pastor I say well I don't need to be a pastor the Lord just told me to tell you they can't deny it because it's true and the next thing they say pray for me I say yes I will pray for you and when I pray God answers someone told me one time pastor pray for me I said you need to be specific I said, just pray for me. And I said, I can't pray for you anything. You need to be specific because when I pray, God answers. An encounter with Jesus. An encounter. Lift your hands to heaven. And say, Lord, let the fire burn in me. Let it burn once again. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.